This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, December 2nd, 2009. I'm Caleb Brown. The United States leads the world in medical innovation, but why? A new Cato policy analysis says that in three of the four general categories of innovation, basic science, diagnostics, and therapeutics, the U.S. has contributed more than any other country, and in some cases, more than all other countries combined. Paper co-author Dr. Raymond Rod is a resident in psychiatry at the New York Presbyterian Hospital Weill Cornell Medical Center. We divide innovation into four categories. The first is basic medical sciences, which are advances in our understanding of disease and how, what it, how it affects our body. Um, second is diagnostics, which are div- um, anything that helps us discover what disease a person has. Um, therapeutics, which help us treat disease and make people better and business model innovation, which are developments in the way that care is organized and delivered to consumers. Why is the U.S. leading in medical innovation? There's a lot of reasons. Um, Part of it is that U.S. seems to be attracting high-quality innovators, both from within its population and from other countries. Um, There's lots of examples of doctors and scientists training in other countries, but then coming to the United States to do their work and to innovate here. There's also more spending in the United States. Usually we think of the higher spending of healthcare in the U.S. as being a problem. It's a fault of the U.S. system. But it also seems to be encouraging a lot of new ideas, um, and both in basic science and diagnostics and therapeutics. Um, you know, in many ways, the U.S. healthcare system is not a free market, but there are some areas in which it has fewer restrictions than other countries do. There are no price controls on pharmaceuticals, for examples, that some European countries do have. Um, there is, in some ways, more of a market pricing for certain diagnostics and therapeutics. Demand for medical innovation is higher in the U.S.? There certainly is more spending on medical innovation. There's a larger monetary return on innovation, so demand is measured by what, act- what, what where the spending is actually coming from is certainly higher in the United States. The United States is only 5% of the world population, but accounts to 40, 45% of sales of pharmaceuticals measured in money. Um, no other region of the world comes close. What barriers exist to innovation that could occur? Well, there are, there are, there are several barriers. Um, the, the strongest barriers exist um, um, preventing business model innovation, which is our fourth type. That's actually where more of the um, regulation in the U.S. healthcare system actually exists. Um, and there are several that we list there. Um, one of them is resistance to entrepreneurship in the medical field. Um, doctors who do new things and um, open up new kinds of ways of delivering care are sometimes opposed by their peers, and sometimes government will interfere in the in the success of new business models like they did with specialty hospitals. Um, payment systems in the U.S. are very rigid. Um, there's a certain way to paying for goods, and new ways of, of innovating are often, it's often hard to get funding for. So certain new innovations um, for certain types of treatments, it may be hard to discover whether or not there is a market for that particular innovation. Yes. Um, Sometimes even if there is a market in terms of what the patients want, there isn't a market in terms of where the funding's coming from. There have been examples of new business models that have come out that really have improved patient care, but that aren't, there isn't any funding for because of the rigidness of our payment system that isn't really coming from the consumers. You talked about innovations of actual processes, diagnostics, uh, pharmaceuticals, and things like that. What are the roles of prices in um, determining what kinds of innovations are actually pursued in the U.S.? There's a very high cost to failing 
at developing a new drug, for example? You know, there's um, there's a lot of controversy about that issue. There certainly is a lot of money that needs to go into developing new innovations. Some of the ones, some of the ones that really made it to the tops in our paper, are um, required a whole lot of a lot of investment over a long period of time. Um, in terms of their, but in terms of barriers from the point of view of cost, it's hard to know where. Um, it, it's it's always very difficult to predict what there will be a market for and what there isn't and how much cost there will be. There does seem to be more availability of funds in the United States, which might be making it easier um, for sort of outlying procedures and, and diagnostics therapeutics to find some way of getting funding. The difference between what would be a free market in the U.S. in, in healthcare services and products and what I guess is the Medicare model, the giant purchaser of things, is really the difference between uh, deciding ahead of time what that Medicare model is going to pay for, and therefore the incentive to innovate is is pretty small if you just have the one purchaser, versus a whole bunch of people uh, working together in competition with one another, uh, to try to find something that's just right. When most of the buying power in the United States is consolidated as it is in Medicare, the innovation moves just in the direction of sort of where that money is coming from in a lot of ways. Um, that certainly would be different from if the buying power were much more distributed. Um, and that has certain, um, arguably certain advantages in terms of if in terms of encouraging innovations that are going in that direction. But it does discourage um, and make it hard to fund any innovations that are going in any other direction. And in many ways, the 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 best innovations are the ones that are hardest to predict. That aren't moving in any um, that aren't moving in a direction that previous innovations moved. Um, that's especially true in business models, but it's also true in diagnostics and therapeutics. Um, and so, consolidation of buying power does make it harder for new ideas um, to come about. It seems like the delivery of certain medical services, either at a specialty hospital or or any other new business model that might uh, crop up, could actually then reach back to those people making diagnostic equipment, people developing drugs, and saying, this is what uh, our patients want. And it doesn't seem like there's a huge incentive to do that, uh, by and large, now. First of all, absolutely true. Um, Really, new new diagnostics and therapeutics don't really make their way to really making a big impact on patients unless they're delivered through some business model. Um, And certainly the ones that any new idea, any new diagnostic therapeutic agent has to find some business model to make it flourish. Um, The the lack of progress in business models certainly as a result, as you're implying, could be um, limiting the growth of diagnostics and therapeutics because it does limit the outlets that are available. What are the big threats to the U.S. continuing to be a leader in, in medical innovation? There are several. One is any reduction in, in spending on, on research and development. Um, there have been proposals to, in, to um, use price controls and limit the, limit the pricing of pharmaceuticals in the United States or to allow Medicare to negotiate prices with pharmaceutical companies, um, which would, in Europe, similar proposals um, were implemented and have reduced 
um, research and development, um, increasing the buying power of the government, whether um, through a public option or through expansion of Medicaid roles, would certainly limit um, the payment of new business models as well as new diagnostics and therapeutics. Um, and limitations on insurance companies, regulations that tell them who they can fund, who they have to cover, what they have to cover, and how much they can charge would certainly limit innovation in payment systems, which would further limit um, innovation in business models and diagnostics and therapeutics as well. Dr. Raymond Rod is a resident in psychiatry at the New York Presbyterian Hospital Weill Cornell Medical Center. He's co-author of the new Cato paper, Bending the Productivity Curve, Why America Leads the World in Medical Innovation. You can download the paper at cato.org.